Hello and welcome to No Direction's official PaizoCon 2019 seminar coverage in partnership with Paizo. Our coverage would not be possible without the help of our con staff, Paizo, and our patrons. Find more seminar recordings at nodirectionpodcast.com. And... Hello! Welcome to the Starfinder Beginner Box panel. I'm Rob McCrary, the creative director of Starfinder. <laughs> Who are you? Um, I'm a person, I think. My name is Amanda Hammond. I'm the managing developer for Starfinder. And I'm Joe Pacini, a Starfinder developer who worked on the Beginner Box. The Starfinder Beginner Box, which is the subject of our panel, yeah. showing right here. So we want to show off some of the cool stuff that's inside at first. I sure do. All right, Yay. shall we? Let's do it. Okay. First up, it's a nice little welcome sheet. No, I can pass you things and you can talk about them. How's that sound? Oh, that sounds lovely. Rob, why don't you start out with this lovely little image? So here's our intro sheet that gives new players a complete direction. Stop. It actually doesn't say stop. It says before you go any further. So um, if you have a group, it tells you to go right in and pick some characters and head to the adventure. Um, if you're just reading through it, there's a solo adventure that you can play. Tells you all where to go, and then on the back it lists all the cool components inside the box that we are going to show off here. So also a space goblin. One thing not on that list are these. Oh yeah, promo Munchkin cards. All right. Mm -hmm. um, so these were inserts uh, into the product. If you uh, play either Pathfinder Munchkin or Starfinder Munchkin, um, there is a special card in here for you for picking mm -hmm. up the beginner box. I believe it's an exclusive. It is, I think. Well, yeah. I think. <laughs> and if you want to know what it is, we can open it up and show you because I don't know. It's a secret. <laughs> uh, one of the coolest things uh, in this box that fans of the Pathfinder beginner box, this will be new to you uh, especially, are the player aid cards, which there are six of. Oop. Yeah, grab them. Uh, on the front, it has the list of the actions you can take in this game and how to do some basic things uh, tells you to roll a d20 and add a bonus in case you're new to role-playing games. That's what this box is for. Uh, and if you're new to Starfinder 2, it'll help you out. And on the back are conditions with a goblin having a rough time in, in zero gravity, just kind of spinning out. <laughs> As you do in zero gravity, have a yeah. rough time occasionally. Yeah, and so there's six of those for all your players. Joe, do you want to talk a little bit about the uh, impetus for these cards and sort of how uh, you were the leader for uh, what you thought the concept of this would be and how it would be helpful? No, but I will. Uh, I, I play a lot of board games uh, in addition to tabletop role-playing games, and I've always found uh, reference cards and aid cards really useful. Uh, and especially in a role-playing game, if you're playing it for the first time and you feel a little overwhelmed by the fact that you can do anything, um, having a, a list of, of like places to start can be super helpful. Uh, and then, of course, having the conditions all, all except, I think, asleep. <laughs> yeah. All of our conditions are on the back of that card there, so if something bad happens to you, or if you're a cool operative and get to do, inflict a condition on someone else, uh, you know exactly what that is without having to flip through the, the book. Speaking yes. of books. Also the, the books. resting the resting and healing rules, yeah, which yeah. can be very important, are also on here for the players. So having, having individual cards that can be in front of the players, we felt like, um, was a really good way to sort of just lower the barrier um, so that, like Joe said, you don't have to try to find out where the book is and then look it up. It's literally right in front of you on your turn. And speaking of a book, just <laughs> the Hero's Handbook. What right. do you <laughs> talk about it? We're all just going... What's the first thing in the Hero's Handbook, Amanda? Uh, the first thing in the Hero's Handbook is the Solo Adventure, I think, right? Yeah, who wrote the Solo Yay, Adventure, Amanda? that would be me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it is in the style of the of Choose Your Own Adventures. Um, it's, it, it is entirely text-based, um, but you get to um, minor spoilers go down uh, to um, one of the, the areas of the spike, which is the big um, section in the middle of Absalom Station. 
it was cool seeing you develop that adventure, right? Yeah. And then I saw uh, the edit team also when working on it. You both kind of mapped it out, you know, like, yeah. okay, if they make this choice, they go here and they drew out this cool intricate map to make sure yeah. it all worked out. A little flowchart map yeah. and everything. It's a cool little adventure. You can repeat it, right, if you uh, don't quite make it through the first time. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you definitely can. And yeah. then after that is all of the, uh, like character creation rules for all the for all the characters. So I mean, we'll be showing off. The, oh yeah, uh, we have pregens <laughs> like and stuff, uh -huh. but uh, <laughs> you can also we can we can come back to this too. But yeah, yeah, there that's... are rules for making up your own characters. So um, that's another again about the choices that are in there. Would you like to talk a little bit about the player choices, the how we set those sure. up? Yeah, um, when you're building a character, well, so you mentioned the pregens, so that's the it. first choice you make, right? Yeah, is do you want to play with a pre-generated character? Uh, which we have six pre-generated characters oh, using Starfinder so Iconics. Because mm. um, if you just want to play right out of the box and just get going, uh, yeah. you can do that <laughs> using these sheets, which the inside yeah. of these kind of fold-out character okay. sheets. There are six of them here. Yep. Have everything you need. It's got the front of the normal character sheet in the middle, and then on the sides, instructions on how to use the various parts of your character sheet. So you might not even need to open the book uh, as a player uh, to learn what your character can do. Um, Certainly at the beginning, you don't, yeah. you don't need to. You can just play right off the, right off the characters. They have all the rules there, and yeah. Yeah, and on the back of uh, each of the character sheets, there um, is a couple paragraphs of text about who the characters are and what their backgrounds are, and this is taken from the official iconic backgrounds of each of these characters. So you are playing the same characters that you see, um, maybe in other Starfinder products or marketing materials or things like that. And there's for for like the real beginners who have never you know played anything before. And they're like, well, I don't know what what is an envoy versus a mechanic. There are just cool little things. You know, choose the mystic if you'd like to sling psychic bolts and telekinetic projectiles. Or my personal favorite, choose the mechanic if you'd like to hide objects in your cheek pouches. So it's just fun little flavor things to get to kind of tell people some high level ability or high level in terms of the view of yeah, yeah. what they can do yeah. um, as a way to sort of choose. Um, but if they don't want to do that. Yeah, if we you have, have some experience, or once you run this a few times and feel comfortable, blank character sheets so you can make your own characters using the character creation rules that you were talking about. Uh, and the choices you were talking about are interesting, but why don't you talk about them a little? <laughs> well, you first of all, we hit, we, um, <clears throat> excuse me, and I just hit my microphone, that was bad. Um, well, yes, yeah, so we have race and theme and class are the mm -hmm. three big choices you do. Um, six classes, six races, six themes, um, and we, wanted to streamline a lot of stuff down from the Starfinder core rulebook to make it more approachable. And so where a lot of classes have lots and lots of choices, we try to do sort of binary choices. So it's like, do you want to do this or this? And you pick that kind of at each level where you go up, we do those same kind of binary choices. Um, again, to make it sort of you know, more approachable and less, less of a cognitive load to have to learn what to do. And then you know, if people graduate from the beginner box to the Starfinder core rulebook, they'll see, hey, we got a lot more choices that we can add on there. So it's so, Additive. Yeah. An example of that, right, is the Envoy, where we said, you, do you want to inspire your allies or, uh, in, you know, uh, what is the word? Hinder your, hinder hinder your, your foes. foes? Something I like think. that, yes. Yeah. Uh, and, 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 you know, in the Starfinder Core rulebook, the Envoy can pick one of those at first level and then pick a, the, the other one at a later level. And this, we kind of make it seem more like a, a binary choice, just to give you that feeling of, like, you can, even in, within the same class, you can have a lot of different choices that radically change the nature of your character. So we wanted to communicate that, even though we had much less space to. Yeah. So if you look at that book Rob's holding, that's one of the two books in this, and uh, that's nowhere near the 500 plus 
books, uh, pages of the core rulebook. So. This has all the race and class information, so it's got the spells, the feats and skills, there's equipment, and then the basic combat rules and everything, so the players can just read this and know exactly what they need to do. This was actually on top, but seems like a good time. We got the dice, the dice you'll need. Yep, Yay. dice for everybody, <laughs> nice bag of dice. Black uh, like the void of space. Yes. <laughs> the void of space, yes, right. That's exactly mm -hmm. right. Yeah. Not yeah, the void of anything else. OK, we're yes. good. <laughs> it's intentional. Uh, so this is the other book, the Game Master's Guide that comes in here. Uh, <clears throat> this is very important and <laughs> has a lot of good stuff in it. Do you want to talk about it? Sure. So, so this starts off with okay. an adventure called um, Steel Talon's Lair. And again, it's designed to sort of walk new players and new GMs right through so people can Pick up the box, the players can choose their pregens, the GM can read the first couple pages of the adventure and go right in, and good call, because there's a flip mat also in the box, and one side of the flip mat corners. <laughs> so very briefly. We all lean back while yeah. Joe just spreads this one thing side out. of the map there is the, the sort of dungeon map for the adventure in the Game Master's Guide, and then following the adventure, there's all sorts of advice for GMs on how to make their own adventures, and there's a blank flip mat. So oh, we have to flip open to Amanda's hand-drawn map that we <laughs> included. Uh, we didn't like ask an artist to spice it up or anything. We just wanted people to see what. I mean, I think it looks really good. It's definitely <laughs> better than I, my maps that I draw. Well, it's kind of because we um, have sort of the GM's map of the. <clears throat> Again, spoilers, but of, of, of the adventure, and so that's like what a big fresh, but a, a big fresh professional map does. I don't know what fresh means, but <laughs> that's a weird term. Um, now it's I can't dated, find it. Still cool. Keep going. That's right. Super fresh. Yeah. So we give uh, we give some ideas on how to make your own adventure to follow it, and there's Amanda's hand drawn map that a GM can <laughs> yeah. transfer to the flip mat and yeah. create their own adventure for their players yeah. moving on. Yes, and there's um, tools on, on how to create your own stuff, like you were saying. Um, yeah. yeah. Really, the purpose of that, um, we were calling it the sequel adventure, <laughs> um, which was uh, specifically not an actual written out adventure in the way that the group one that Rob wrote was, but it's intended to really teach GMs about uh, taking plot hooks uh, and things that interest them and turning those into encounters and creating a map based on them and all of the things that you would do uh, as a GM later on when you've got a whole bunch of, of experience and sort of homebrewing things and that, that sort of thing. So we wanted to show people that, yeah, drawing out maps is really kind of what it looks like. It's never ever going to end up to look like a full uh, cartography uh, laden piece. Um, and of course, I got a little nervous when they told me that they just wanted to put <laughs> my map. I was like, but my, that's my hand writing. Oh, apparently it turned out fine. But. It's better than mine. We definitely didn't want anyone else on the team doing it. Um, also, you ran you ran one of these sort of like mm. adventures for us in a, a live play. Ran on Starfinder Wednesday. I that was did. Really fun, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I took one of the um, actually. There's a, a table of random plot hooks that you can roll on um, in the uh, the sequel adventure part. And I took one of those hooks and created just a, a thing for people to play through. Um, and ended up using uh, I used part of the the flip mat, and so that sort of shows how you can take bits and pieces and do the thing that you want, and not necessarily yeah. have to to do like a full out written adventure the way it's written. And then the rest of it is you know full of more GM tips or stuff. You know, since it's a science fantasy game, you need rules for atmospheres and gravity and everything. We do a, some brief rundown of the setting with Absalom Station and the Pact Worlds, and then we get into the Alien Archive section, which I don't think we actually call it an Alien Archive, or do we? I don't remember now. I but uh, so. it is well, it's Alien Adversaries, but we have uh, <laughs> all the AA. monsters, <laughs> all the monsters that you might want to fight, um, both in the adventure and to create your own thing and to represent them on the map. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you have a map. You need right. sweet, full color pond. So 
this this sheet has uh, your player characters. You yeah. know, what, no matter what race or class you choose, you're going to find something that approximates it, right? Like if you're a bug with that casts spells, you're going to find a pawn that, that suits you, or a, a big vesk that hits things. <laughs> That's also on there. And of course, all the pre-generated characters are on the top row there. And then the GM has all these toys to play with, which are images of those creatures we were just talking about. Yep. And then some bases. Uh, including one special color base. <laughs> and the GM's guide with the creatures also has uh, rules on how to make, how for GMs to make their own creatures. Yeah, so yeah. they can make up their own monsters and uh, really get them started in the game. And this goes up to fourth level. That's right. And then from there, um, we hope that people will then be so interested in Starfinder that they'll go and pick up the core rulebook and really get the full, the whole big, gigantic 20 level Starfinder experience. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then the last thing in here is an invitation to join Starfinder Society, which is for the Coral Book version of Starfinder. Uh, and then uh, some information about other products you might be interested in. I mean, I could see picking up the Pact Worlds, uh, which is just information about the setting, like a lot of information about the setting and art and cool story hooks, and using it with the beginner box um, because it's not mechanical necessarily. Um, yeah. And then yeah, this the is, bottom of the box. No, yeah. <laughs> and this is just a great thing. It's like an introductory thing to bring people into Starfinder that might be kind of looking at a 500 plus page rule book or about that. I forget yeah, how many pages. But you know, it's like, yeah, like that's kind of intimidating. This is, so either new to Starfinder or new to role playing in general, we really want to kind of get people into the hobby. And this, hopefully, this is a cool way to do it. Yeah. So. I wonder yeah. if the density of this thing, because when all that stuff is in here, it is like it's it pretty feels heavy. too heavy for yeah. what it's. <laughs> it feels so like there's a lot value. of fun yeah, in there, but though, there is. Yeah. <laughs> there's some there's some uh, new things in there too for people who already are familiar with Starfinder. Like I'm excited to use it to to introduce friends and family who have not played role playing games before, but I can get to play board games with me, uh, trick them into playing Starfinder with me, basically. Uh, but there's there's some new art. We ordered new art for a lot of things. Uh, there's a new creature in there. A couple new creatures. There's two, yeah, yeah. At least two new, new um, monsters in what there. What else? There's there's some cool stuff. We also included a list of inspirations like we did in the Corvo book. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of like little goodies kind of sprinkled throughout there that I think people are really gonna like. Yeah, and it's um we also there it's kinda it's streamlined rules again to like besides those sort of binary choices, we streamlined some of the other rules and again trying to do it so from the core rule book you're just adding on to things you know. So we're trying to teach kind of the basics and then from the core rule book it's like, oh, I know how this thing works. This is just added on top of that with a little bit more stuff. So it's trying to make it more a more basic or beginner's experience to get into it. Amanda, you've run a lot of this, I think. I have <laughs> relatively. Yeah, so yeah. what uh, have you noticed any Standout things that people are. Um, yeah, so I think one of the one of the biggest standout things is that um, the way that the rules are presented and the way that things are streamlined, and then just all of the tools that we give to help really make the GM's job really easy. Mm. Um, and that can be from trying to to run it out of the book, which is a thing that a lot of folks, especially getting started, really want to do. Um, that's fairly easy, but also just sort of making adjustments and changing things up um, is very easy because of the way that the rules are presented and the way that um, the game mastering is presented and um, so for example uh, I have run lots of demos of this um, beginner box game at various conventions I'm about to go do it um, again next week and um, so we have an hour slot so I think this is a common thing with a lot of people um, they want to sit down they want to play a game but they don't have you know four hours to yeah, play yeah. through the full adventure um, and I would say that probably the group adventure could be probably about four hours, would you say, Rob? I've run it twice at the show, and it has taken about It's four taken hours about four hours, yeah. okay. It and depends can, on the group and how much yes. they want to you know, role play and all that kind of stuff. Absolutely. Easily you can do it. 
Yeah, and I could see it taking even a little bit longer if it's brand new players, exactly. you know, as they're looking up things um, and sort of learning together. That's just a natural byproduct of that. Um, but if you don't have that period of time um, and you've got this box and you say, you know, I've only got an hour or so, it really only takes the GM sort of reading through um, the, the GM's guide over there to kind of absorb um, what techniques can I use to shorten this adventure. And so, um, for example, what we do for the um, demos that we run at conventions is that we run, um, I actually run like the first half of the uh, adventure that comes in the GM's guide that Rob wrote. And uh, they keep... can't see you now because you're holding a giant map in front of your face. Uh, this giant map in front of my face. I basically use the encounters that are in the bottom half of the map here, and uh, I modify what the plot hook is for why the PCs are going down here, and that they're looking for um, a spoiler-free thing. They're looking for uh, the um, creature that has been perpetrating some sort of attacks near the area, and um, so I throw in. Uh, there's a role-playing encounter that's in there, um, there's a little bit of an investigation that's in there, and then they encounter uh, what is the end monster for the demo, but really that's just one of the monsters that shows up um, in the adventure. And so it's uh, a very sort of instructive modular approach, I think, to, uh, to game mastering, and it's really good for, for beginners. Um, hopefully that will help people sort of uh, either scratch the itch of um, creating their own material and getting games started, or really get them uh, sort of going on that train um, of getting obsessed with game mastering and loving role playing, and, and really that's our goal with this product. And we're running Delves of the Beginner Box downstairs, so here at the show through tomorrow afternoon, you can just mm -hmm. go and sit down and give the Beginner Box a try, see what that is. Although we're really trying to wipe you out there. <laughs> I have not been successful yet. Have, have, have you all run any Delves that you've managed to knock out a PC <clears throat> or two? I've I, knocked people down. I haven't yeah. killed anybody yet, but I've got three hours later today to do that. <laughs> I've killed one character regularly, and then I killed another group of characters on challenge mode where they fought Thanos and his Infinity Gauntlet car. But, uh, so that tracks, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I killed one regularly because she got stuck in a trapped room, and oh. I just kept and they couldn't get in to get her, so that... Uh, <laughs> wow, that's poor. tragic. It was, yeah, but she's immortalized forever with a skull sticker on the map. That's so. awesome. Oh, was that the in the little closet? Uh-huh. Yeah, I was wondering <laughs> what that skull sticker yeah, was. That was yeah. the absolute zero mm -hmm. trap in the dome. Yeah. So, and that, yeah. there's there's traps in there, too, right? Yeah, yeah the Game Master's like, Guide has yeah. trap rules, yeah. and uh, those were the things in the Delver pulled straight from there. So. Yeah, very cool. Well, Anything else we want to say about it? Have any questions here in the room <laughs> or, from, or from Twitch? Anybody? Yeah, any questions? Yeah, all right. Has anyone tried tried the beginner box yet? <laughs> I think you were in my delves yeah. yesterday. And you were in my delves. No. Everybody survived. Dang it. <laughs> it is one of the things, I mean, we, we did, we can maybe talk a little bit about that. It was the uh, we did change the death and dying from the core mm. rule book mm. thing, and we wanted, I think we we wanted to make it sort of easier or Easier to stay alive because, you know, it, it is a beginner thing. If we're trying to bring people in the hobby, it's like, you've just made your first character. It's dead. Yeah. You know, and so we yeah. want to, it is a little bit harder to kill beginner box characters yeah. because we want them to enjoy the experience. And we, we did actually spend a lot of time looking at the math behind the adventures in specific oh, yeah. to make sure that there still was a Wait, chance of death because you don't want it to math. be, well, you know, <laughs> secrets. Um, we don't want it to be super, super easy, but, uh, you know, however, we don't want people's, like Rob said, first experience that I tried to play this game and my character died and I was so excited and, and yeah. now I don't ever want to play a role-playing game again. Yeah. We don't want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> Looks like we might have a question. Looks like we might. You do. Uh, from Twitch, VL Patrick asks, is there a Starfinder Society boon or the like that allows players to gain credit for uh, for playing the beginner's box in Starfinder Society? 
Oh, interesting. There is not currently. I do not believe there there is at this point. Um, we are trying to do the Starfinder Academy, much like we do with the Pathfinder Academy. That's more geared toward kids. Um, this just came out the last month, and obviously we've also been doing uh, Pathfinder not we specifically, but Paizo, we've all been doing Pathfinder 2nd Edition. Um, and I think we're hoping in 2020 to roll out the Pathfinder Academy. And I'm not sure what kind of boons, or sorry, Starfinder Academy. Um, so hopefully that'll be coming in the future, but I don't think there's anything yet with yeah, the box. Another question from Twitch. What would you uh, suggest to a group where um, the one person wants to play multiple characters, such as an entire entire table of Obazayas? <laughs> For example, totally not out of experience. <laughs> I mean, you could pass the pre-gen character sheet around if you wanted. Uh, you could fill out the blank ones, uh, print out some new ones, uh, and fill them out yourself. You could. I mean, it'd be cool to have all Obazayas that all have different loadouts, different gear and stuff. That'd be kind of fun. <laughs> I kind of want to do that now. <laughs> I know it's been done. <laughs> Why not all quigs? All quigs, yeah. All quigs. All Keskadais. I think that just like in the full game, also the beginner box, um, one of the core game design philosophies of Starfinder is that uh, we really wanted people to play the characters that they want to play and not have to worry so much about traditional party roles and, and yeah. having to say, you know, we need one healer, we need one tank, and we need one uh, um, area of effect damage dealer or something like that. Um, we really put in a lot of um, behind the scene things into the game system so that uh, if you want to play an entire table full of soldiers, if you want an entire table full of Obozayas, that that is actually a viable um, party makeup for um, for Starfinder. And so the beginner box is uh, in the same way. You know, we're very focused on uh, the role playing aspect and people being able to play what characters they want um, and not sort of um, having being penalized for you know doing something that's mechanically suboptimal. That's, hold on one second, if I can. I was just going to say because that is 100% true, although I was running a game this morning, the beginner box, and Sunday morning, not a lot of people, I only had two people show up, so uh, I, I played Keskadai as a mystic to go with them, and mm. it, did, it did help them to have a healer with only two of them running through the adventure, but... No, that is true. That it was still true. fun. They also went through it all and completed I, I, it, so it was good. I may sometimes accidentally leave Keskadai out of the delve options. Just uh, yeah, to he give makes me a the delve chance a lot. to, yeah. oh, to kill really? some <laughs> <laughs> totally. If somebody asks about, yeah, oh, if, oops, here he is. But. Oh, I totally forgot about this healer that might actually. <laughs> I'm like, save oh, you, you should be, you should be the technomancer. Oh, that's heinous. <laughs> I mean, it hasn't worked yet. So, <laughs> so uh, my leading question for the panel is uh, is about a video that was made to go oh. with the uh, the partner with the the uh, beginner box, uh, yeah. the how to build your character video. Do you have some memories or some thoughts about how, how what that is and how it works and backstories? Yes. <laughs> uh, Dragons and Things, our, our buddies, uh, got together with us and made a video on character creation specifically. They also did a cool ad for Starfinder in the beginner box. Yeah. Um, just a short spot that you can check out. Um, but a, a longer character creation video that takes the hero's handbook there and just walks you through uh, the process of creating a character. So. What, what we did was provide them with the scripts that I wrote up to like make sure we hit all the right numbers and kind of did everything in the right order. And then uh, James Rodover, uh, Rodhaver, sorry if I mispronounced your name, James. I just call you Jim when I see you. Um, Jim Jim. Uh, he did an amazing job of taking that and turning it into a story of this captain on a, on a starship who, on a, a poorly functioning starship with a, a flippant AI, <laughs> which is you know a trope we all love. Uh, trying to, and the AI helps him put together a character, uh, a mechanic in this case, to come help fix the ship. Uh, and 
there's some cool visual effects, and it just walks you through all the cool choices that you have in Starfinder. So if you don't feel like reading through this, um, I mean, there's so many, like the inside cover of the Hero's Handbook has just a few, like all the steps of, of character creation there as a summary. And the book itself takes you through step by step and says, turn to this page. OK, now you're done here. Go back to that page. But even that can be kind of overwhelming if you're brand new. Uh, so you can just watch this this video and say, oh, I see, there's there's bug people and lizard people, and uh, I could be a fighty one or a talky one or a, a magic one. Uh, and they did a really good job, and there's really cool effects, and Jim is fun to watch as a uh, affable, mm. but not the most competent, maybe, starship captain. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you got to go down to Hollywood for the film. Oh, and yeah, I got, yeah. I got to go down and, and hang out on set and do nothing, and uh, have them thank me for being there and doing nothing. So cool, <laughs> great, no problem, anytime. <laughs> Sometimes uh, our jobs are really, really hard. Yeah, oh my gosh. <laughs> Violins and all. Statler97 from Twitch asks Does the beginner box have starship combat? Interesting. Rob, you want to talk a little bit about that? The beginner box does not have starship combat. Um, that's sort of like, you know, if you're familiar with the Starfinder core rulebook, it's it's sort of like a... Uh, um, that one? Which one? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, it's, so it's kind of like a, an extra subsystem to add on. And again, in terms of streamlining and everything, we still want starships to be a thing. So starships exist in the book. I think Joe is looking yeah. for the pages. Yes. But they're pretty much designed as a, used as a plot option um, to say, you know, okay, you're the crew of a starship, or you can set an adventure on a starship, or use a starship to go between places. But the starship combat was a little bit, a, a little bit much, that, and we, we had so much stuff we, want, we had to put into these two books that we decided not to include the full starship yeah. combat in the beginner box. And at the same time, we didn't want to drop out the really cool flavor that we have for our starships in, uh, in Starfinder. So that was sort of the compromise is that um, they're presented as, like Rob was saying, a narrative device, but there's really cool art of the different types of starships that you might come across in the packed worlds. And so that, that still exists. We wanted to communicate that to people. That's one of the cool things about Starfinder is that some of the premise for most parties is that you have a starship and that you mm -hmm. are able to travel. And the rules for traveling, you know, the time it takes, that's still in here. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I demand Platyparians and VL Patrick uh, have a question. <laughs> uh, both of them are asking about Starfinder Academy. It's an organized play mm. where system where... Uh, new players can learn the rules. Uh, they both want to know, how do you get started using the beginner box with Starfinder Academy? How can they incur how can players encourage the further development of Starfinder Academy? And is the beginner box appropriate with children 10 and under? Ooh, interesting. Okay, so um, Rob touched a little bit on Starfinder Academy a moment ago. We don't actually have one yet. We're looking at doing that in 2020 at some point. Mm -hmm. We've had internal discussions about it, but it's just not something we're quite ready to roll out just given the newness of the product and some of the other things going on um, behind the scenes of the company. Um, it is something that we want to do, but we're not ready to announce anything like that soon. Yeah, so so we'll, oh, we'll have information about how to get involved with that yeah. once we launch that, but we're not at that point yet. So mm -hmm. sorry, we're not quite there. In terms of what players can do, like yeah. we know we, we're on board, we agree. <laughs> yeah. we, we think it's it. great, exactly. Yeah. And then in terms of appropriate for 10 and under, I, I don't remember what. Age we range 12? we ended up putting on here. Thirteen plus, might be thirteen because plus, yeah. that's a, a legal thing. Mm -hmm. But uh, <laughs> I would say I would say that like you could sort. I mean, it depends on the kids, obviously. But um, if you if you're familiar with the Pathfinder beginner box, I know a lot of kids. The, the Starfinder, the Pathfinder Academy, which is the only thing that currently exists, is geared toward kids. That's mm -hmm. a way to get them into the organized play, or while their families are doing, it. they want to get in. It's they're kind of shorter little 
scenarios that um, shorter than a regular Starfinder Society scenario or, or a regular adventure just to kind of give them a taste of role-playing. So um, I would imagine we'll probably do Starfinder Academy the same way. It is really geared toward kids. Yeah. And I would say that, yeah, certainly 10 would be should be fine. Yeah, I would say that um, if you're a parent and you're, um, you have a group of children, um, that, that would this is actually a really good product to do that with. If you're talking about a group of 10-year-olds where one of the other 10-year-olds is running the game, it might be a little bit more difficult. You might want to have um, certainly have the oversight of, uh, of an adult or parent at that point, but um, this is intended to be the introductory product um, that you use, so it is going to be more appropriate than like the full core rule book, for example. So I had my f like first role playing experience was a box set that had a solo adventure. I don't remember yeah. how old I was, but <laughs> and I played through that solo adventure like constantly until I, yeah. you know, until then I was older and met friends. And I would even start do making my own little things. One, well, not even using the rules, even you know, if little kids can still have fun with it, yeah, but just sure. kind of using their imaginations to do stuff. Because I know that's what I did when I was a kid. So. Yes. <laughs> Uh, going for another question, does the beginner box have rules that let me use the system in the beginner box for with uh, low-level APs like in Dead Sons or the start of Against the Aeon Throne? Not rules, but advice. We In the Game Master's book, we talk about adapting existing adventures, and of course we talk about our own adventures in that section, but uh, that, yeah, we, we take you from the adventure that comes in here, uh, adventure hooks that you can use to build out your own adventures and then adapting other stuff. Like we just kind of walk you through the whole process as you get more and more ambitious basically. Yes. Um, so no specific rules but definitely a lot of uh, advice on how to do it. Yeah. Again, um, providing those foundational tools for people who will really have that desire to be um, the homebrew GM or to um, you know adapt and convert things um, to be able to like uh, learn sort of from the, the ground up of how to do that. Um, so we do, like Joe said, provide mm -hmm. advice. Yeah, there need, you need to do some conversions, obviously. I mean, like, we, we streamlined some of the rules. Even with some are pretty easy, you know, in the Starfinder Core rulebook, you have the life science skill and the physical science skill. In the beginner box, there's the science skill that yeah. incorporates both of those just mm -hmm. to make it, you know, a little bit easier to do. So you would have to do some of that conversion. You'd have to change some of the monster stats. and But certainly the stories you can do and kind of and, and make it and like yeah we have the advice inside the book for how to do that so i think we would all recommend uh, running the adventure that's in the book once just to get a good feel oh, for how to do it definitely. and then once you have a good feel for that um, the book does provide you with those tools how difficult would you say using those tools to translate the beginner box to the full game uh, is like what's the process oh that process doesn't really exist um, right now translating so like if you were to build your character, if you wanted to take your character from the beginner box to the core book, you'd probably want to rebuild it at that point so that you are getting all the stats you need for Starfinder. So for example, beginner box, you just have hit points, whereas in Starfinder, you have stamina points and hit points. And in beginner box, you just have an armor class that's your defensive number. And in the core book, you have two types of that armor class. I mean, that's all very deliberate to, to simplify these things so that people get a grasp of what they mean in the first place, and then the core book expands on it and gives it a little more nuance and uh, a lot more options in terms of class options because um, then you're not locked into that binary anymore you could have made a lot of different choices like the mechanic might want a drone instead of a cool cybernetic brain um, but you could for instance like so you made the comment that the with the drone so in, yeah. in the core rule book the mechanic can have an exocortex or a drone. For beginning players, trying to do both a character and a drone would be difficult, so we just removed the drone choice and they all have an exocortex. But if you were to take that character into the core rulebook, 
you wouldn't necessarily have to rebuild it. You could no, say, okay, yeah. I, I have exocortex, so yeah. I, you would just replace the beginner box exocortex rules with the core rulebook exocortex. Right. Or you, but of course, you could also just completely rebuild That's it. True. But there's still feats in here. The skills, you would need to expand a little mm -hmm. bit because they've some of those span, uh, skills have been collapsed into fewer skills in the beginner box. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, since we do have a lot of people on Twitch who are probably pretty experienced RPG players, um, Maybe I, I thought I'd ask on their behalf if what's your philosophical or general recommendation for how to teach role playing games to people? Oh, Clearly, you have designed this box and made some tough choices about simplifying the rules, and that's a great guideline for everybody. But do you, what philosophically, what do you what do you think is really important for bringing new players into RPGs that you've learned from making this box? That might be words of wisdom for the people out there who want to bring new players into their life. I love it. But, but it's a great question. That's awesome. It is a great question, but I think I mean I. This is kind of my first part of my answer is kind of easy, maybe. But it's like it is a game, and so we want it to be fun. We want all of our games to be fun. But I think, and part of that, to make the beginner box fun. And I know Joe was a big proponent of this during the design process. We was constantly like, we need to the cognitive load, reducing the cognitive load yep. to players. And that that's the, of course big words for <laughs> beginners, but it's true. It's like the more things you have to learn and think about, the harder it is. You for someone brand new to just enjoy what's happening in the game. And so even those kind of very specific mechanical decisions really contribute to what we want this sort of fun experience to do. And that's kind of, you know, it's just every, I think the adventures are kind of written with a sense of fun too. You know, there's fun characters to interact with and scary monsters to fight and lots of cool art to inspire, to inspire things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so a thing that I've run into um, just in general in my life, like friends of mine who are interested in my job that I do but aren't really uh, up on what an RPG is or people who knew that, you know, we had this product that was coming out wanting to know, oh, uh, well, how do you go about creating a product to teach RPGs? Gets into some very um, interesting conversations about uh, just sort of like the efficacy of how you convey information about something that's a very complex topic if you don't have... Um, a point of reference for what it is and um, oh that's okay so uh, uh, but honestly like uh, I explain it that it's basically you are uh, a you are playing in a story in which you are the characters so it's very much like um, you you are playing the heroes and making the choices uh, of the story it's like reading a novel um, if you get to decide what the main character is doing and you've got three or four other main characters with you um, and everything is evolving along the way I point people a lot of times toward um, streams, which is a really big thing right now that didn't really exist when a lot of us were learning how to play RPGs, but um, it's very self-explanatory when you can, uh, you know, uh, point them toward Androids and Aliens, for example, um, a stream uh, that um, the Glass Cannon folks do of Starfinder. So I think, like, uh, new people who don't have an understanding of really what an RPG is and so therefore can't really like get their heads around okay how do I even teach this because I don't quite understand it um, having them watch some of the streams or having them come to a game you know if they're your friends and just watching is a, a really big way toward uh, getting them to then once they look through the books oh okay I totally understand now the mechanics behind what it is that I'm watching um, and so it's a really good sort of back and forth chicken and egg type of situation um, that I find very helpful when people are trying to find out what is this thing that you even do. Uh, one of the things Owen Casey Stevens is the notably missing member of our team, we should <laughs> say, the four of us. Uh, I'm gesturing as though he's here. Uh, 
Ghost worked Owen. on this together uh, along with a lot of other people at Paizo. But Owen and I sat down with the Pathfinder Beginner Box and looked, op like I opened a new one and looked at the order in which things were presented. And we were very deliberate about the order in which these contents were packaged. And the intro sheet that we started with, which is buried there, uh, is it's very much like, don't be overwhelmed. Just what do you want to do? Are you by yourself? Then check this solo adventure out and learn just the super basics and don't worry about this, these 96 pages of game mastering material. Just play play the game and, and learn what a d20 is yeah. and roll it and see what happens. And then if you're with friends, like, do you want to just start playing? Great. And I, I come from a board game background, I would say, more. And so I'm used to people suspending disbelief. I mean, we play with, you know, playing cards are weird. There's four suits. They don't really mean anything. Like a, a, a club, what is that? Why is it called a club even? I don't know. I could go on for an hour and a half. So, so <laughs> like in the year 1120. Jacks, they, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jacks and queens and kings and aces. Like people are willing to kind of go. Okay, sure, that will make sense for so that so that we can play a game together. And I find that that is usually the case with role playing games too. People will go with you a little way and say, okay, sure, I'm a bug now and I have a laser gun. Why not? <laughs> uh, and so and and even the adventure that comes in here is is structured so that for the person running the game too, you're just learning one basic thing at a time and then you're adding to it and adding to it uh, and, and trying to just ease you into an experience that yeah. is, is fun. <laughs> like and that was, yeah, exactly, and I think that was one of the reasons why we decided to put the solo adventure at the very beginning of the Hero's Handbook, understanding that when people pick up a book, the first thing they do is they read the first page. Yeah. And so that is structured in a way that you read it and it gives you the rules that you need right there in that moment. It doesn't say, okay, well now you have to attack the goblin, go to this page to figure out how attacks work. It actually tells you. And in some ways, we've actually truncated it even a little bit more to make it a little easier to absorb, first of all. Um, we don't do critical hits, I don't think, in the uh, solo adventure. No. Um, there's a couple things that we just kind of um, like left out um, for just ease of use of somebody who might not have any experience at all in the game. So, uh, you know, we really thought about uh, what is the way people will encounter this and what will be the baseline expectations and how can we uh, use that to help teach the game as opposed to expecting them to already know things that they probably won't. It seems like the concept of a solo adventure is pretty uh, pretty positively received in Twitch. VL Patrick wants to know uh, if the Beginner Box is popular, would you release further solo adventures and or expansions to the base storyline in the Beginner's Box's future products? Oh, that's a good idea. That's something one of our editors, Jason Tondro, has, has come over a couple times to the, to the Star Cubes and been like, hey, solo adventures. I'm like, yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, I don't know of any plans, but... Yeah, we don't have any plans for right now. I, I would say it's, it's not quite, here in the beginner box, it's not really like a full adventure because yeah. it's really designed to introduce those basic concepts to a brand new brand new player. Yeah. So it's like, you know, something comes out, okay, roll a d20, you're gonna add a number to it. And this is, so it's not really like actually doing with movement and initiative. It's just really to get that first sense of what, of what playing is. And it is a lot yeah. more like a, I mean, it has the first thing it says go to entry one. You read that, and depending on what your depending on what your choices are, you go to entry number number six. So it's it's not like a full on solo adventure. Um, that would probably be more like the the one in the game masters. Y'all, that's not for solo, but it would be cool to do more solo adventures. Yes. 
Hey, look, it's Owen Casey Stevens. Hey, Hi, everybody. It's Owen. I fell into a time warp, and um, no, I just, again. Yeah. He got yeah. lost in the drift for a little Stop bit. It's being okay. interesting. Stop being interesting. <laughs> Never. Here we go. All right, now be interesting. Now we're Never. live. Hi. All the interesting is gone already. Yeah. Well, Hi, everyone. Sorry, I was late. We were no, just talking about. Happy you. to have you. Good. Here. Yeah. Oh, I'm just gonna jump in right now, uh, Aaron. I'm the PR guy for Paizo, and there was a question on Twitch here about about Brazil and whether or not Ooh. this box might come to Brazil. <laughs> and so I would just say that I happen to know that we've got a new um, licensee in Brazil called, well, the English translation is New Order. Um, and uh, they're hot, too. They're, they're big on Starfinder. And awesome. if they choose to translate this, that's how that would happen. Okay. Um, so and so as an education to our, our, our folks on, on Twitch, you know, anything anytime it comes to a, a translation, we've got partners that do that for us. And, they're, cool. and, and they... They, they do the, dri the driving there. Um, and uh, now there was a question about whether or not this box was society legal. And I think that's mm. not necessarily correct at this point. Although, you know, as Starfinder Academy rolls out next year, yeah. perhaps there's some way in which that might There will happen. probably be some sort of uh, mechanism for sanctioning the, at least the group adventure, if yeah. not the solo adventure. That's, so we, that's we've kinda... been in contact with the organized play people for Starfinder, yeah. and they, they yeah. know what their resources with us are. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, and there's a lot of... Uh, fandom going on over pre-generated characters and Yay. how that's great to just kind of jump in mm -hmm. and uh, get going and how that brings people back into RPGs. So there's a lot of uh, enthusiasm for, for that. One thing I've seen people enjoying is the little handwritten font yeah. that we use for filling out the character sheets. Like, as if you your wrote stuff. it yourself. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, if someone is just going to be a, a lighthearted Starfinder player, now they've, mm -hmm. they've, they've done the beginner box, mm -hmm. are the Starfinder Society scenarios a good shorter maybe adventure to go on once you if you're not quite ready to commit to a big adventure path? Yeah, Society's great for that because um, it's, if you're not it's always a one-shot. You can just show up, you know, obviously letting people know you're coming so they can be ready for you and... <laughs> And society has lots of pregens too at different levels too, uh, so you can find a game that works for you uh, yeah. in society. And that's Joe's absolutely right. Um, the other thing that we do with the beginner box is we talk about being a game master and making your own games, and yeah. uh, we try and sort of lead you down that path, give you some hints, give you some starting points. Uh, in no way am I saying that either way to play is better or worse, but different people enjoy different things. So if there's a specific size or scope or level of seriousness you want for an adventure, and you've got a group of people that are the beginner box, we have tried to give you the tools to get started on making your own adventures, telling your own stories. That's another way that people interact with this game, and, and a lot of people enjoy it a great deal. There's uh, some enthusiasm for that handwritten font. It really does make it clear about <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. what it is that you're supposed to fill out. So yeah. some gratitude there. Um, could Owen confirm... <laughs> whether space pickles are also magic. Uh, space pickles are techno magic because this is a science fantasy setting. Right. So there's a pickling nanite swarm that is used to be able to generate the actual picket. Well, then you would have to do a serum-like infusion. We, we cut that from the box. I'm sorry to <laughs> yeah, tell you. There wasn't you. room. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently pickles aren't magic. No, there was a third book that was 96 page of pickles. 96 page of pickles. Yeah, the pickles handbook. We had the, the yeah. hero's handbook, the beginner's guide, and the pickles. I'm so yes. sad. <laughs> However, I'm scheduling a meeting for this after PaizoCon. We'll discuss techno magic okay, pickles. Right, good. <laughs> Well, I think I think those are all the questions we've seen on Twitch. Cool. 
Uh, and we had some late comers, so you know, last minute <laughs> questions for beginner box, even if it's repetitive and redundant, that's okay. Um, otherwise, we want. I, to I got a question. I came in late. Do I get a question? Yes, of course you do. <laughs> Each of you, what is your favorite part of the box now that we've had it in our hand and cut it open? Ooh. Player aid cards. <laughs> you took my answer. <laughs> it was in a line. He said oh, player aid cards. Gosh. I knew someone else was going to try to say it. I have to say, I have to say the flip mat. I think I just think it's extremely utilitarian, um, especially because we have the one side that you can draw on, and the book you know goes through like we said how to make your own maps, and so you can use that pretty much immediately. And then the other side, um, it, it is a, a bit, like I like I mentioned, is very modular, modular for being able to amend the adventure that comes in the box, or create your own adventure, or put monsters that are in the back of the GMG in the specific room. Rooms. Um, I just think that, that um, that's a very popular product um, with Paizo, our different flip mats and our map products. And I think it's a really good introduction uh, to how much easier your life really is as a GM with some of this stuff. I would say my adventure, but I'm not going to, but I just did, so I kind of did anyways. <laughs> but I actually really like the pregens, though, because I just, I just think they're cool in the the little choosing spots here and the story on the back and all the super easy stuff like all the equipment yeah. and the spells it's like how the grenades work if you've got grenades it tells you right on the character yeah. sheet and you don't need to read the books to start playing they are awesome I'm gonna cheat and say a second thing because that's why I, I only said one thing <laughs> <laughs> two things one and a half but Owen didn't give his answer either uh, oh, he didn't we didn't ask him yeah. my, total, my totally cheating bonus answer is the art in this box is amazing mm -hmm. the Thank cover you. is amazing um, when we revealed it it was just so exciting to, to watch people kind of oh, deconstruct what's on the cover and the fight that's happening on the yeah. cover, um, which is a fight that you may or may not encounter in the adventure. No, you totally don't. It's fine. Um, but Unless I mean, just look at all this stuff. This is amazing. The stuff all looks great. Yeah, yeah. And um, the, the layout too, Sarah Robinson and Sonia Morris. Absolutely. did an amazing job. Yeah, yeah. just, just spectacular. amazing. And, and it's not just spectacular looking. This book has been laid out with significant effort given to the flow of information. Yeah. Um, in addition to their layout, right, when we when we thought we were done. Joe was sitting down with this book and going, okay, I will start with the number one. I will proceed through these steps. Where are you? Well, I went to a page and it never told me to come back, so I'm sitting staring at this page. Okay, well, maybe we should fix that. <laughs> that sounds like you found me in a room just staring at the page like, why? What are you doing? You, you don't remember that, Joe? I don't. I don't so, remember but, any but of But the point is, we really did, we, we know that an RPG can be overwhelming. It can be a lot to get into, and we really wanted you to be able to cut this box open and and or, or burn it open. We don't care how you open it. And, and inside 15 minutes, be playing a game. Um, yeah. And we did, worked very hard to be able to get you to that point so you can really get the joy of RPGs because then we'll hit you with the complicated stuff that takes hours to work out later. <laughs> I think if it's just want. funny that we're book nerds and talking about how things are layout and how... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I apologize if it's a really cool game too but it looks really great! <laughs> it's so uh, pretty! It and laser rifles and all that. Yeah. The, uh, <laughs> the flip mat and the pawns are not sold separately, correct? They not come in the correct. box. But there are more pawns and more flip mats. There are yep. tons of other flip mats yeah. and pawns, absolutely. Yeah. Most of the pawns are... If you have other Starfinder pawn sets, I mean, a security robot is a security robot, so it's we, we've used some of that stuff um, before. Uh, the flip mat is is completely new because it matches the map of the of the adventure in the box. Mm -hmm. But all right, that's about it. Uh, there are some other questions, but they're more for org play. So oh, thanks. Hi there. I'll throw one at you. So as a uh, as a new GM oh, who out goes of time. through, sorry. Oh. <laughs> Um, as a new GM who goes through and finishes the, the, the beginner box, where should they go next? 
What's the next step? Is there in something? Each of your maybe is there something in the book that says, "Oh, look, where to go from here"? <laughs> uh, there actually is a page right here in the game mastery in the game master's guide that says where to go from here, which is basically it starts off with the Starfinder core rulebook and also on this little sheet that Joe held up. The adventure continues. We really want people to. We really hope people get into Starfinder and want to move to the core rulebook after this. And so we kind of hit the highlights. Core rulebook, packed worlds, alien archive, and I think even a few of the APs that people want to get get started in there. Starfinder flip mats. We even mentioned that as kind of just like all the Starfinder stuff that's available once you've played through the beginner box. There is a galaxy of adventure awaiting. <laughs> and, and if you want the opinion of someone who isn't paid to sell this to you, I also recommend you go to Paizo.com slash Starfinder, and we've got forums, and there are other fans, other people already playing the game, and you can ask their opinion. What do I really need? What do you use? What's good? What's exciting? How can I use this? You can even ask them for ideas. Mm -hmm. um, it's a really uh, vibrant community in my experience. Uh, I will sometimes, and they do things like name thousand and one songs from the hit group Strawberry Machine Cake. And so there's just sometimes silly things in there that can spark an idea or you can use for background. So I, I even just do it for entertainment purposes. I read through those things sometimes. Mm -hmm. Thanks. <laughs> All right. Yay. Thank you, guys. Thanks, everybody. <laughs>